Hello, 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 and welcome to this, the bonus part of today's FYI on Chicago, Illinois. You guys should know how to pronounce both of those words by now. Chicago, Illinois, which sits on the shore of Lake, that's right, Michigan. But where did the word Chicago come from? Well, it comes from the Algonquin word Chicago, or Chicaqua, which translates to onion field or wild garlic. That's pretty crazy. Onion field, campo de cebolla, or ajo salvaje o silvestre. Interesting. I mean, I knew the word Illinois was an Indian word because a lot of times we'll see that, that silent S in Native American words. So it seems like this place has always had a place in history. And even more recently, Route 66, you know, the famous route, the, I guess it's the most famous route in the United States, as far as I know, Route 66. We even have an episode on it. That's how famous it is. Well, it starts in Chicago. That's right, right in front of the world-renowned Art Institute of Chicago. So there's a good idea. You can end your trip in Chicago at the Art Institute, and then you get in your car and you hit the road and you take a road trip on Route 66, which ends up in Santa Monica, California. Now, obviously, you're going to need a month off of work to do that road trip, but it'll be worth it. Believe me. As I said, I've done Route 66, I did Route 61, which is the Blues Highway, and I'm looking forward to road tripping around the United States again soon with my daughter. In the first part of the show, I told you guys I was going to tell you why the Chicago River flows backwards. Because uh, that's weird. Why would a river flow backwards? Well, it was done on purpose, my amigos. In the late 19th century, the river flow was reversed to empty into the Mississippi River instead of Lake Michigan. Now, think about this. Think about the sewage, las aguas residuales. Do you want them coming, flowing into the city, or do you want them flowing away from the city? Well, that's what they thought, too. And these engineers, as I said, Chicago is famous for its architects and engineers. They were able to reverse the flow of the river. I guess they didn't want to go with the flow. <laughs> okay, bad joke. No querían fluir, dejarse llevar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and another interesting thing about the river. Well, there are probably thousands of interesting tidbits about the river. But also on St. Patrick's Day, they dye the river green. What? Dye? Morir? No, no, not that dye. Dye teñir. Yeah, they dye the river green in honor of St. Patrick. So I think that's really cool. I feel like the river in Chicago has a life of its own. And do you know the name of the river? This is really easy. The Chicago River. Okay, well, they didn't think too much in the naming of it. But hey, keep it simple. 
Another thing that was invented in Chicago was the Twinkie. Now, this is an American favorite. I can't imagine my childhood without these sugary treats. Twinkies. I haven't been able to find them in Spain except for at like these American supermarkets and then they mark it up like 10 or 100 times and uh, well, I'm not going to buy Twinkies at 10 times the price. But basically a Twinkie, how would I explain it to my Spanish friends? A Twinkie is like a Pantera Rosa without the Rosa. So it's like the spongy cake with a cream filling. And it is a delicious American classic. And it was invented in Chicago in 1930. I just want to say three words. Thank you, Chicago. Another thing that was invented in Chicago was the Ferris wheel. That's right, La Noria. The Ferris wheel was invented there. This was in 1893, and it was to be presented at the World's Columbia Exposition, which was a kind of World's Fair, which brought global attention to Chicago. It put it on the world stage. The list of things that were invented in Chicago is endless. Now, they didn't invent the subway. The cool thing is, though, the loop area, the area I was talking about before, goes above ground. So what does that mean? That means you get to see the city. Isn't that one of the coolest parts about the subway going above ground? I know some of the greatest views of New York City are not underground. They're obviously above ground. So you can get some spectacular shots of the city from the subway, but they don't call it the subway there. Nope. Now in New York, we don't either. We call it the train, as I said, because es el tren que nos lleva. They take the L. Now we take the L in New York too. Si nos me subimos a la línea L. But for them, the whole network is called the L. And why? It's abbreviated. It's a form of saying elevated. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, what? L? I don't get it. L. Elevated. It's an elevated line, which is why I said you get some spectacular views. So I would keep your phone handy if you're riding on the subway because you might be able to get a great shot out the window. And speaking of shots, we talked about Al Capone in the first part. Well, not really. I just mentioned that he did business over in Chicago. Now, he wasn't born in Chicago, but that's where he made a name for himself. He was actually born in New York City. But if you ask anybody who they associate this gangster with, it's definitely Chicago. And I went there, you know, oh yeah, you know, Al Capone, the mafia, <laughs> And what I realized in general is people are not proud. Chicagoans are not proud that there were massacres and that there was organized crime and corruption in their city. They are wholesome people. Obviously, I am generalizing. Wholesome is buena gente, gente de familia, gente de bien. They're normally wholesome people. So they're not proud of that image of Chicago being a place that's full of gangsters. Whether it may be true or not, that's another story. But they're not proud of 
that reputation that they have. And well, that's thanks to Capone and his exploits around the city. As you guys know, he was big on bootlegging. Bootlegging was making illegal liquor during prohibition. And even to this day, bootlegging is making an illegal copy of something. And as far as I know, I remember our tour guide in Chicago telling us, and I trust him, he seemed like you know, he knew what he was talking about. He said there were, and still are some, tunnels that go under the city of Chicago. And those tunnels were used by Al Capone to run illegal liquor and, well, other illicit products that he was selling. I guess the most infamous event that happened there was the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, which indirectly involved Al Capone. Supposedly, he didn't pull the trigger, no tiro del gatillo, but he was the one who gave the orders. Of course, he was the boss. The buck stops there. No, ahí es donde para la responsabilidad. So the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, as they call it, was uh, in 1929, and seven members and associates of Chicago's Northside Gang were murdered there in almost like uh, a shooting gallery style. They put them up against the wall, and they just shot them. Another way to say that is execution style. And they call it the St. Valentine's Day Massacre because it occurred on February 14th in 1929. They lined these guys up against a wall and they opened fire. And it was masterminded, that's elaborado, it was masterminded by none other than Al Capone. And if you've noticed, guys, we don't say Al Capone in English. We say Al Capone. Another Al Capone connection there, and this is if you're into this kind of mob history, as I said, I, I don't like celebrating the fact that people were assassinated or killed, but I can't help but find these topics fascinating. And the next one, you can actually visit this piece of history and you can catch a show there. And I'm talking about the Green Mill Cocktail Lounge. Now, this is an entertainment venue. It's in uptown Chicago. It's known for its jazz and poetry performances, and it also is known for its mob connections. Yes, you guessed it. Our friend Al Capone was part owner. Esto es como en una película, eh? Es parte dueño, ¿no? The silent partner. Well, he was part owner of this bar, this venue. And his favorite booth, now a booth, this is a really good word to know. Cuando vas a un restaurante en Estados Unidos, say, do you have a booth? Son estas mesas cómodas con los asientos suaves, right? A booth. So his favorite booth is still there. And you can go sit where Al Capone sat in the bar that he partly owned and have a drink. You can even drink what he drank if you're into Al Capone. And again, this place, like many of the other places Al Capone frequented, had tunnels. And these tunnels were there, as I said, to move illicit goods around. 
but also for him and his associates to evade the police. All right, enough about the dark side. There's so much positive in Chicago, as we saw in the first part. And it's the architecture, it's the food, and the amazing sights that you can see. Uh, some of my favorite skyscrapers and some of the most famous ones the Sears Tower. Now, if you look up Sears Tower, it's going to give you Willis Tower. But as the Chicagoans told us, and many of them did on several occasions, don't go changing stuff on us. No vayas, ir, no vayas a ir cambiando las cosas ahora. <laughs> so when he, our tour guide on one of the tours we did in Chicago said, well, this is the Willis Tower, although we don't call it that. We call it the Sears Tower. So that tells you something about Chicagoans as well. They're traditional. He's, they said it on several occasions. No me vayas cambiando las cosas. Eh? Eso es Sears Tower. Pues que se quede en Sears Tower. You know? Uh, Hancock Building, that's another great one as well. Some of the most amazing views of the city. And obviously, the best time is at sunset. So you can watch the sunset over Chicago and have a very pricey cocktail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you're going to be at a rooftop bar or, you know, on the top floor, you're, every floor you go up, the price goes up. I think that's pretty standard, right? But is it worth it? I think so. My wife and I went there and we had a bloody expensive Bloody Mary. <laughs> okay, bad joke. Right, but I remember it. It was tasty and I remember that sunset. I'll probably remember it for as long as I live. And that was from the, the Hancock building. Uh, they also have this thing on the Hancock building where you can lean against the glass and then the glass moves and it kind of gives you like a look over the edge of the building. If you're afraid of heights, I wouldn't try it. Also, the one I said before, which was the tallest building in the world for some time, the Sears Tower, or as it's currently known, the Willis Tower, has something called the Sky Deck as well. So when you go up to the observation deck, there is like a clear glass floor. So you can literally stand over Chicago. And I did it with my wife. Patrons, you'll see it. I, I posted a picture. I'm not really afraid of heights, but I was crapping my drawers. Uh, crapping your drawers is, me estaba cagando encima. Another amazing structure in Chicago is the Chicago Water Tower. Now, this one is not nearly as tall as the ones I just mentioned. And it's not nearly as modern with so much metal and glass. And it's not a smart building, but... It is one of the most historic buildings in Chicago. It's located in the Magnificent Mile, and it was the only iconic structure that was left standing after the Great Fire of 1871. So not only is it a beautiful structure, it's an old structure, but it's also a symbol of the resilience of this city, of the strength of this city. The, uh, the fact that this city, after burning to the ground, they saw it as an opportunity. They saw it as a chance to bounce back. And today that water tower is there. Well, it's uh, obsolete now as a water tower, but it serves as a gallery. So it's an art museum where people can go and get inspired. But you don't even have to go in. Just looking at the building and knowing the story of the Chicago water tower is enough to make your hair stand on end. <laughs> 
As I said before, you gotta take a stroll down Riverwalk. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. Go to Grant Park. But another way to see the city is by boat. And it is absolutely fascinating because, well, you're getting a different perspective of the city. But also the tour we took was specifically an architecture tour. So it was an architecture boat tour. And I remember it being very worth it. We were having some beers as we floated around Chicago, seeing these amazing buildings. And it was being narrated by a young guy who was an actor. He was one of the ones who said, don't go changing things on us. No vayas cambiando las cosas. And I'll never forget that tour because my wife and I hadn't planned it. It was like a last minute thing. And we said, ah, well, look, this tour is leaving in an hour. Should we, should we do it? And we said, yeah, it's a beautiful afternoon. Let's grab a beer because you could grab a beer on the boat and, you know, check out this city and all its canals. And it was not only beautiful, but it was fascinating to hear the story of Chicago, of historic Chicago, uh, future Chicago, which is positioning itself to be another Hollywood. That's one of the things he was telling us, that they're producing more and more TVs and movies in Chicago than ever before. So Chicagoans love their city. They believe in their city, and they're constantly looking for ways to improve their city. And that that is innovation. That is evolution. And that's a part of every Chicagoan. Oh, and if you guys are going to stroll around, stick to the touristy areas. Now, and normally I wouldn't say that. In New York, I would say go off the beaten path a bit. But here you don't want to stray too much because recently Chicago has had a severe crime problem. I'm sure there are many factors, and I don't have all the factors, but I know that of late, Chicago has been having problems with violent crime and uh, murders. Uh, it, it, it doesn't look good. Now, fortunately, it's not the whole city, but it's easy to get lost and get off on the wrong subway stop. So be careful. The same way New York has become a lot safer, they say that for some reason, and I'm sure a Chicagoan will tell you why, it's probably a political reason, it's probably many reasons, but uh, they've had a serious crime problem. So you want to use common sense out there. You want to keep your eyes peeled, as we say, and pay attention. And if something smells fishy, well, it's probably fishy. And I looked it up because, of course, you want to know where to go and where not to go. Well, there's an area called West Garfield Park. Now, when you hear it, you think, oh, wow, how nice. Garfield, the cat, West Garfield Park. No, it is the most dangerous neighborhood in Chicago. Are you ready for this figure? It has a violent crime rate. That is a whopping 943% higher than the national average. Now, that is crazy almost a thousand percent higher than the national average. And that's just one of the dangerous neighborhoods. So stick to the touristy areas. You know, don't go anywhere exploring too far because you don't want to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But I know what you're thinking now. Now you're like, oh, geez, Alberto, you just scared me, man. Now I don't even want to go to Chicago. No, 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 no. On the other hand, 
Chicago is full of amazing things. It's full of national parks, forests, lakes. I mean, it really is a natural paradise for being a city. And I imagine a lot of that is due to being on the shores of Lake Michigan. You have a beautiful lake there. And with this lake comes beaches all around the lake. In fact, there are 41 kilometers of scenic lakefront in Chicago. 41 kilometers of beautiful beaches. Uh, 29 kilometers of trails, the senderos. So if you're into mountain biking, hiking, or just spending the day on the beach, Chicago's the place. Now, obviously, it's seasonal. It's only in the summertime. But it's a very interesting contrast to the skyscrapers. You know, when you're sitting on one of their famous beaches, North Avenue Beach, for example, or Oak Street Beach, and you know, you're seeing the beautiful water, you got your toes in the sand, and you look up and you see these amazing skyscrapers just standing over you, towering over you. It's a beautiful contrast, I say, between nature and the modern world. And people in Chicago are pretty sporty in general. You'll catch people biking, kayaking, jet skiing, paddle boarding. I mean, there are a wealth of different activities and Chicagoans are ready to do any of them. Why? They've got it all. They've got the space, they've got the beaches, and in the summer, they've got the weather. And speaking of sports, Chicagoans take their sports really seriously. That's right, their team sports, such as the Chicago Cubs. A cub is a baby bear. Uh, so it's funny that their football team, when I say football, it's football americano, obviously. If not, I would say soccer. But their football team in the NFL is called the Bears. Well, their baseball team is called the Cubs, the Little Bears, the Baby Bears, which kind of makes sense, being as there are bears in the area. Now, I doubt you're going to see a bear walking down North Ave. But remember, if you leave Chicago a little bit, you are definitely in the middle of nature. I'm not saying you're going to cross a bear, but be on your guard, as I said before. So the Chicago Cubs, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of because recently they broke the curse of the billy goat. That's right. There was a curse that was supposedly put on this team, the Chicago Cubs, by the owner of a bar, a guy named Billy Cyanus, William Cyanus, Billy Cyanus, and he owns the Billy Goat Tavern. Well, now his family runs it. And, well, he was kicked out of... Wrigley Field, which is another site that you're going to want to see if you go there. This is a famous baseball stadium. So he, uh, he got kicked out of Wrigley Field. This was in 1945. Well, supposedly, he put a curse on the team, saying that they're not going to win anymore. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why did he get kicked out? Was he being rowdy? Well, not him. His pet goat. Meh. What? Yeah, his pet goat. So he was kicked out of the stadium for bringing in a pet goat. He was pissed off, naturally. And so he said, I curse you. I curse the Cubs. And from that year until pretty recently, 2016, 
there was a curse. And it was because of this guy, Billy Cyanus. And you can go to his bar. I remember his great-grandson waited on me, me sirvió. So there's a family tradition. It's a famous place, the Billy Goat Tavern. And there you can find out more about the curse of the Billy Goat. It's a great story. And the, the burgers, oh, I'm not even going to tell you how great the burgers are. My wife still dreams about the Billy Goat Tavern. And in 2016, they reversed the curse. And Chicago has some other sports teams as well. They have the White Sox. As you know, a lot of big cities have two teams. Look at Atletico de Madrid, Real Madrid, Getafe. Well, we got several teams there. But uh, in Chicago, it's the White Sox and the Cubs. New York, it's the Yankees and the Mets. Now, there's always one that's more popular. I believe in this case, it's the Cubs, especially because of that fascinating story about the curse. And I have to say, during the 90s, I was jealous of every Chicagoan in the world. Why? Because they could go see Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen play basketball at their home stadium for years. Now, I have to say, I was lucky enough to see Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen every time they came to town. That's right. Every time the Chicago Bulls came to the New York, New Jersey area, you can guarantee I was going. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. But uh, still... I would have loved to be a season ticket holder and just seeing Michael Jordan weekend after weekend. It must have been an amazing time in history to experience it firsthand. Another amazing site, which is full of different things to do, such as restaurants, sailboats, rides. I mean, you really have a plethora of activities. It's the Navy Pier, and a pier is un muelle, but it's not some small little pier. I mean, we're talking about 20 hectares. Okay, I think you guys use hectares in in Europe of parks, gardens, shops, restaurants, and obviously, since it's a pier, it's all on the waterfront. Another way I highly recommend you see Chicago is by boat. And you're saying, well, Alberto, you just said that. Yeah, but that boat goes in the canals. I'm talking about a sailboat. And there's a boat there. It's absolutely beautiful. I'll share some pictures on Patreon. It's called the Tall Ship Windy. I even filmed a video on it. And if you ever go to Chicago, I highly recommend it just for the amazing stories because I talked to the captain and some of the, the crew and they, they told us stories about this historic ship that was rebuilt and it was remodeled. And now you can sail just like the old days on Lake Michigan, like you were some kind of pirate or sailor. And bring your camera with you because the view is second to none. Second to none is que no tiene rival. I know, I know. Uh, here I'm getting in some, uh, some, <laughs> some tricky territory with my New York friends. Okay, maybe the New York skyline is a little bit better. But this is a close second. That's why it's called the second city, right? Well, that's one of the reasons, as we said before. And we're going to wrap up talking about two of my favorite things, food and music. That's right. You can't go to Chicago without trying their deep dish pizza. But 
let me warn you, don't expect a normal slice of pizza or a normal pie. This is a totally different concept. This is baked in a pan and the cheese is on the inside. It is, I don't know, I've argued with Chicagoans. I've said it's yummy, but it's not really pizza, is it? Let's just put it this way. It's a hearty meal, copioso. But you can't go to Chicago and not try this Chicago classic, deep dish pizza. And this one I didn't try because I'm not a fan of all the ingredients. I'm a bit fussy, un poco tiki-smiki. But my wife tried it and she loved it. And I'm talking about a Chicago Red Hot. What? A Chicago Red Hot? Well, that's a kind of hot dog, but Chicago style. And they serve it on a poppy seed bun and they top it with mustard. Okay, so far, that's how we do it in New York. Chopped onions. Okay. Relish, que es esta salsa de pepinillos. O sea, que hasta ahora vamos bien. Then they add a pickle, un pepinillo, tomato slices, peppers, and celery salt. So it's a pretty elaborate hot dog. If you don't like spice, you might not like it. And if you're not a big fan of eating an entire salad on your hot dog, you might not like it. So there, I'm a traditionalist. I've got to vote for the traditional New York pizza and the New York hot dog. But again, if you're in Chicago, you've got to give them a try. And we'll wrap up talking about music. Now, there's no doubt that Chicago has inspired artists all throughout history. There's a musical called Chicago. There's a band named Chicago. And, well, there are many songs named Chicago as well. And if you're going to see some live music, I highly recommend the Buddy Guy Blues Bar. It's owned by Buddy Guy, the blues legend. And occasionally, there are sightings of him. I checked it out, and it was one of the greatest blues shows I've ever seen. But you can go pretty much anywhere in Chicago because it's where they say electric blues was born. So the blues was was born down on the Mississippi. But where did they go? Well, they went up north to play their music. And when they got to Chicago, they could plug it in. And that blues, that electric blues, eventually became rock. So Chicago was instrumental in making blues popular, which eventually made rock popular. And speaking of the blues, we are going to wrap up today with perhaps one of the greatest blues musicians ever, Robert Johnson, and his classic, Sweet Home Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of FYI. Oh.